All right. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of our weekly Wednesday Lunch and Learn. Every Wednesday, I get the opportunity to get to interview top real estate professionals all across the country. And unfortunately, we missed the last two due to some unexpected cancellations. Uh, however, today we're delighted to have Alex here. Please, Alex, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, which market you serve, and how did you oh, actually, what did you even do before real estate? Yeah, thanks, Spencer. Hi, everybody. I'm Alexander Fan. I'm a principal broker with Keller Williams Realty here in Portland, Oregon, uh, or the entire Portland metro. I live in Beaverton, headquarters of Nike, if uh, you've heard of that company before. And uh, I've been a realtor now for 13 years. Um, and, um, you know, but prior to real estate, I, why, well, let me phrase this correctly. At the same time as I got my license, I was working at Intel, which is our largest employer here in Oregon. Um, and, um, you know, I, I really was not enjoying that kind of environment. You know, um, don't get me wrong. I like the work and all that stuff, but um, I didn't get pleasure out of the work that I did, right? I wasn't getting feedback uh, on, on certain things and decided at that time, you know, I bought my, my home too at the time. So I was a first time home owner. And um, through the experience of working with my agent, I just kind of decided, you know what? I think I can do this. I'm pretty sure I can do this. I think I can do it better, <laughs> you know, and, and not right. to say anything bad on them, but I just like, hey, you know, I think I can do this. So I, um, you know, kind of then fast rewind too. That was 2007 and then recession. Um, I was ultimately laid off from Intel um, from our position because of, you know, they were downsizing. And that kind of was like maybe a blessing in disguise a little bit. Um, it was really a challenging time, as some of you can recall back in two, from 2007, 2011. Um, you know, myself as being a first-time homeowner, I was underwater myself too. And struggling to right, make the mortgage, getting laid off and figuring out, hey, I got to make it in this business. And so um, I really had nothing to lose, basically, and took all the things I was learning from Intel about process systems, being efficient, right, eliminating waste, um, lean, right? Lean is the principle uh, as adopted by Toyota. Anyway, so I, I was lucky that I made short sales kind of my niche at the time. And going through the experience myself, I had to short sell my own home. That made me an expert being going through the process myself. And I was really lucky, uh, Spencer. I'll, I was up at like midnight one night and I was just like on GoDaddy, right? Buying uh, domain names. And, <laughs> and at that moment, I don't know what, like who, whoever let it lapse, right? This is why you should always have your, your GoDaddy payment updated so you don't lose your domain <laughs> names. And it was portlandshortsales.com was available at that <laughs> night. I was like, oh my God, I got to buy it. And I know who had it before. So I was like, oh, that's a boo-boo. But I bought it. And I built a whole lead generation website platform around Portland short sales. I, of course, started listing a lot of, of properties too. Um, and um, if it's okay, I'll just keep going with this. I, it's yeah, part please. of the story, right? But like I yeah, took yeah. advantage of systems, right? Like anytime there was a, I, I'm a, 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 people know me as a, a, a geeky guy, I guess, you know, techie person. I, I look at myself as an early adopter. I love new technology. At that time, Zillow was still fairly newer. They were around, um, but they rolled out with agent reviews. When they rolled out agent reviews, I being a young consumer myself and how I look at reviews, I was like, I need to get on that. And so immediately I, I kind of like went back to all past clients, all past deals, 
got a lead on the reviews. Today, we've got over 300 reviews on Zillow. Um, and that really is a big part of our success too, because people who consumers who end up on Zillow sites like that are seeing us and we've spread them across, you know, the whole web universe now, but um, um, that kind of was a longer answer to your, your question a little bit, but um, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. No, thank you. So, I mean, you're right. I mean, during, when you first got started, why do real estate at that time versus just trying to find another job, right? Like how long were you working at Intel or a similar company before you're like, all right, let's do something on my own in a sense? Um, well, um, again, I, I got my license before being laid off. So I was already doing the real estate and Intel, like, hey, let me, you know, right. um, then getting laid off really, like I said, didn't give me many other options. You know, I was lucky, lucky to be able to get unemployment benefits. Um, mm -hmm. And that kind of was perfect scenario for me at the time, too. But um, I, I gave it like I was looking, you know, for other employment, mm -hmm. you know, as a part of being on unemployment, you have to keep looking for employment and you have to report yeah, yeah, yeah. every week. Right. But at the time, no one was hiring, especially in some of those positions and trades and whatnot. And so, it, you know, it wasn't hard to not find a job either, I guess, you know? Um, right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, then I was having success in real estate. I was right. doing well and, um, you know, there's no turning back after that. Right. And when did you, what, uh, tell, walk us through like, let's say it's 2007 or 2008, like what was the production levels at those times? And when, when was it a moment for you to be like, all right, I can actually do this as a, a as a profession now. Where it was kind of a side, you know, kind of side thing for for a while. Yeah, I. Well, I mean, I I knew the unlimited potential. I can see. I I joined a you know in two thousand seven. I made a classic rookie mistake, which was I joined an office that was kind of low fees, low desk fees, mm. not a lot of support, not a lot of mentoring, things like that, and limped through my first year of that. You know, before <laughs> recognizing, oh, that was not a good idea. Right. Um, and and it was in 2010 basically when i had kind of more of my breakthrough moment um when i joined keller williams i've been with keller williams now 11 years um and um I, it was their bold uh mm -hmm. class that I, I took um and really that kind of that class and also some of the other training i was taking and hyper focus on lead gen at the time I was producing leads, you know, a massive amount of leads. So the opportunities were there. If, if anything, I was not, I was dropping balls too, you know? So, um, I, I, but I started getting quick sales, you know, I was getting my best month in December, 2010. I had five escrows, which, you know, wow. it's not, I mean, it's, it's a really, it's good. Any agent single, yeah, so yeah. happy to have five escrows. And so oh, yeah. for me, that was like, great. I can do this. I can stay focused on this, you know, to get five at a time. And, um, and also too, the real driver for me, Spencer was like being, when I was in that pit, when I got laid off and I was like, you know, at, at the bottom, um, it's, it's a pain, it's a painful thing to go through and I don't wish it upon anybody. And, mm -hmm. um, it really kind of was a driver and like, look, you do not want to go back to that place. You do not want to be in a situation where you gotta, you know, decide who, who, you know, Rob Peter to pay Paul type situation. All right, I'm taking from this credit card, pay this credit card. I'm just like, you know, transferring balances basically. Right. And mm. the debt kept growing. But uh, I, I said, I'm never going back to that. And uh, it was the mindset, you know, for me that really helped. That's awesome. There's, there's a quote that I always like to share with other people of why 
I work so hard and why most realtors that are top producers work so hard. There's a quote that says like you work 80 to hundred hours a week. So you don't have to work 40 hours a week again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to go back to that world in that environment. And yeah. so that's, that's great. And when did you feel like it was time for you to be able to scale up? Cause right now you're not a solo, right? You're not a solo, um, realtor. You, you're basically a, a company in a sense, right? So when did you start scaling and what was your first hire? And what were some maybe lessons learned as yeah. you had to bring I, someone else in? Totally. Um, kind of, uh, um, I'll tell you the story. So I have a, I have a, not, it's not unique, but I have a, it's unique because it's successful. I have a unique, successful partnership, right? My business partner, Scott Hall is my protege 50, 50 in on our business. And it was in 2010, really just kind of me looking for an accountability partner. Spencer, I was, you know, I, I needed the people to make sure I was successful and mm -hmm. doing what I was saying I was going to do. And I went through a series of meeting a few different agents in the office, literally met Scott in the mail room, copy room, right? Like, hey, <laughs> bud, what's up? You're, I noticed you're showing up at seven in the morning like me. So I like you because you're here. Yeah. And, and like, great. Can you make sure I'm here again tomorrow? It just kind of started like that. But wow. where the, the recognition, Spencer, was as I was really focused on generating lots of leads, I, you know, again, coming from Intel, I'm a tech data guy. I'd go show buyers homes, but show them 10, 15 homes, maybe before they wrote. And then I, I got to the point where, hey, Scott, I got these extra leads. I can't service these. Can you, can you go on a few of these? And man, that guy was just, he was getting contracts, like one showing contracts. Wow. Done, done. And I was like, whoa something he's really good at something here <laughs> yeah. he or, so, or his, i'm not really good at something. his conversion is, his is conversion crazy is way better so i was like yeah. hey you know let's let's have you do more of those and so he was my first not hire right looking back buyer, at it almost almost like a buyer's agent kind of right exactly yeah, yeah. i mean going back and you know i mean i know scott's probably you know we've been together since 10 years almost now and wow. so um any partnership is just like a normal relationship, right? You've got the same similar issues, communication, expectations, all n normal things. We definitely had a few years working through those. But, um, you know, I, I recognize that he was really great at that. And here's where I'll focus my energy, right? And conversely, I realized I'm a better listing agent, you know? I, uh, with the way I present and go over f details and plans and facts, I'm better situated to present to a seller versus a buyer. I'm good with buyers too, but right? Conversion right, is right. faster. So uh, we switched and said, hey, how about I handle all sellers? You handle buyers. That was the, the makeup. So I was going on all listing appointments, doing high level of that. Um, and, you know, over time, our, our uh, after that, we hired our admin, you know, uh, admin support staff. Um, you know, if you look at the MREA model, that's where you should start first. But I started literally with a buyer's agent first and then turned into a partner. And wow. then we hired admin, didn't know anything about having an admin employee, definitely learned a lot of hard lessons there. Uh, I went through four basically admins. Um, um, and then now where we really, of course, know what we're looking for, what type of support we, we need how we manage and how we communicate. Um, and I'll quick let you know. See, I'll give everyone an idea of where we're at now so they know, okay? So yeah. currently we've got um, 11 people on our squad. Um, uh, that includes myself and Scott. We're the principal owners. Uh, we have, um, we well, I should say we did have a full-time operations manager and um, we still have her, but she's not full-time. Basically with COVID, we're just kind of 
piecing it together and it's working out actually better in my opinion. But um, so we do have a full-time virtual assistant in the Philippines. She does all, all, our, all of our transaction coordinating and, and agent support for different things, uh, tasks that we have her do. She's been with us two years and been fantastic. Um, and then the rest of the um, uh, people on our on our team are all selling agents, uh, licensed agents who can list and sell. Um, just prior to 2020, I was a sole listing agent. You know, mm. best year took like 50, you know 48 listings. You know, I I I, I listed and sold. And um, now we in 2020, right before COVID, we said, look, agents, we want you to list. We want you to be have that. Um, opportunity back. And that was really great for them. You know, quite a few of them have taken a few uh, listings. And so I've been really happy for them that they they can have that experience. Um, and uh, year to date, I mean, right now we're, we've got about 36 million closed year to date um, here. That's awesome. What, what are your expectations uh, for your agents that work under you? And what kind of support are you giving them outside of like training and mentorship? Are they getting leads as well? Like what's that model like? Yeah. So we do, um, we do provide them leads um, from different sources. Zillow is the biggest. I mentioned beginning, we've got over 300 reviews. So we do mm -hmm. advertise as premier agents on Zillow. I've been advertising for about eight years with them. Uh, mm -hmm. We're a best of Zillow team. And, you know, so, um, we, we, we get quite a few, um, I would say about 50 leads a month from Zillow Wow. and their brand Zillow, Trulia, whatever, you know, right. and then we have other, other, uh, lead sources as well. Biggest one, honestly, right. 13 years in the business is my sphere and database. Uh, right. Spencer, I actually do give those to my, my, my team, you know, certainly oh. there are clients I, who are like, Alex, we will only work with you. Okay. Right. I try to talk them out of working with me, but I will work <laughs> right. with them. You know, and I definitely try to set my team up uh, saying, hey, you know, whatever. Um, but uh, I am still selling and listing myself, too. Um, but we, we give all the referrals to our team. And, and it really works on usually location availability and kind of like, um, you know, um, uh, personality. If we feel like they're going to be a good fit with that particular lead or client. Um, and we do a lot. Of, you know, so, so the agents, you know, we I, I tell my agents, look. If you really want a, a career, you got to build a real business. You're not going right. to be successful just being on my team servicing leads. That'll be a good business for me, right. not a good business for you. Okay? Well, it is. It's true. Right. And I say, like, look, how you make – and we incentivize them to build a database, right? We pay. We manage the database. We use follow-up boss, which is fantastic. And, you know, um, they get higher splits for people who are in their database, right? Okay. So incentivize, right? And an extra 10% override, right? So make sure your leads, the people you're meeting, you're putting in, and then we're putting them into a system to be dripped on, followed up on, et cetera. And they get, they earn more that way. But I tell them, look, you're going to, how you make a career and a livelihood and a, and a business is you start feeding this database because you get more on those, right? You're just servicing leads. We're just always playing that game, you know, and it's a stressful, you know, situation. Mm -hmm. So, um, but we pay for, you know, the marketing, the advertising, we play for all systems, client gifts, you know, all the listing, wow. you know, we have a set schedule of basically all services provided for the agent. Um, and, um, you know, we really want them to focus on just getting the contracts, being in front, connect 
working with the, the client and consumers, you know, um, really helping them build a business, right? Um, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, especially you mentioned there's so many things. I definitely need to learn about your Philippine VA when it comes to the contract side. It's it's hard enough to find somebody in the U.S. to do it a, a good job for that. So that's, but the, the but the aspect of you guys being able to provide that's a lot of support that you guys are giving to your agents. So I hope your agents are very aware of that uh, arrangement. It's very generous. Um, well, yeah, you know, I have a low turnover rate. I, right. I think they do, you know, Good. actually, it's kind of funny you say that. I think they do. I mean, that's my opinion. Because um, I have a low turnover rate, like I said, we don't really lose people. We've only lost two people and for unique circumstances. But my longest buyer's agent has been with me, you know, eight years too. you know, wow. so, um, but I will say what I'm, it's hard to recruit. And I've been like, I'm not mm. either, I'm not a good recruiter. I'm not promoting our value to agents as well. Cause we're at the a point where again, COVID has shown we're, we can, we're busy, you know, we can, right. we actually have an abundance of leads. I actually have more leads. My, you know, our, our leads are not getting picked up, you know? Right. And so we have to hire more people to service them. And actually, I'm having a difficult time. People like either believe they can do it on, you know, they don't see the right. value of what I'm providing, but that's okay. Yeah. No, it's interesting, right? It's like people that are busy are busier than ever right now. Um, and then, but at the same time, there's a lot of people that have no idea what they're even doing and uh, they're just lost. And so rather than having the ego to just do it on your own when it's clearly not working, like partner up, team up, like understand like the situation. Sure a year or five years goes down the line and you feel like you can do it on your own. There's nothing wrong with, you know, somebody doing it on their own and trying it for themselves. Right. I mean, look at football, look at, look at Tom Brady as an example, right? He's been a system quarterback for the Patriots forever. And now he wants to do it on his own. So if somebody at that top level can do it, then any agent can also do it that way. So that's awesome about the scale. So tell us a little bit about the, the local market. I mean, what's been going on in Portland? Right. Um, like Portland, well, we, interesting enough. Yeah. Tell me what's going fun, on there. Yeah. I mean, like, it's fun to watch the presidential debate and have <laughs> us highlighted like three times, like how terrible Portland is. <laughs> really not that bad. Really, really not bad at all. Um, you know, we are in a housing, just probably like most of the nation, it's a housing crisis. You know, um, things that you hear about Portland outside of how, you know, housing, right? We do have the ongoing protests. Um, you know, um, which which really is limited to basically two and a half blocks, you know, one mm -hmm. one little corridor. So, I mean, and, and not to say that that's it's not felt around it, but, you know, um, that's what we're hearing a lot of on the national stuff. But but housing wise, it is like, OK, uh, the crazy statistic is like in the last you know 24 months, we've had 20 months that it's been below two months of supply. And mm -hmm. prior to that. Uh, like basically all records before that, we only had four months ever under two months supply. So we're running in the longest kind of drought of supply we've ever experienced before in our area. And um, as you mentioned, right, we're all busy. How the pandemic has not changed people's view on housing or desire or need for housing um, and right to, to have the comforts that they would like if they're working from home, educating from home, et cetera. And so um, we, we don't have enough homes. We have less like one, depending on where you're looking. Uh... Oh, 
I think you might have about four forty. Sorry, you back? Am I back? Yeah, you're back. Yeah. So you, you mentioned about you cut off a little bit. So you mentioned is your average price point at four forty? You said something about four forty. Yeah, median price point in Portland is okay. about four forty right now. You know, three hundred thousand is like fixer upper shed <laughs> for single family housing right now. Right. You know, and what's interesting or coming soon in Portland that people should be aware of? Where, I mean, um, we we had rent control statewide rent control um, uh, last year. Uh, there are statewide moratoriums on evictions, of course, but Oregon became the first state to ban single-family zoning, Spencer. Um, so what that means that in uh, the end of this year, uh, well, actually next year for bigger metros, is that you can develop up to quad fourplex on every lot. Oh, wow. Okay. Duplex, triplex, cot cottage clusters. Um, single-family zoning has been eliminated. And so um, every municipality right now, they're waiting for the state, of course, to come out with the rules, things like that, and then how they implement within everywhere. Um, but what we're going to see, of course, is hopefully more supply, more supply of affordable housing units, right? Getting ADUs. I don't know if that's a term that's you know mm -hmm. everywhere else, mm -hmm. but accessory dwelling units are very popular here now. And that's how we're increasing affordability, right? Getting a, a, a property that you can rent out a section of helps you afford the home. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I grew up in Portland my whole life. I was born here. And I remember, I mean, even in 2008, right? The recession, I sold homes for $40,000, Spencer. Okay, the, wow. that same neighborhood is a 350 neighborhood now for a $40,000 home I sold just, you know, 10 years ago, not even, that's, you know? That's incredible. So, so um, Portland is still a desirable market, though. What we're seeing, people are still relocating and moving here. Population-wise, our state expects a huge a 500,000 increase over the next five years. Hillsborough is um, where Intel is mostly headquartered and centered here. They're mm -hmm. the fastest growing and richest city in Oregon. They have the largest master plan sub-community being developed right now. Um, and yeah, median price for those homes are 600,000. Wow. you know, and up. Um, and um, so we, we expect more people to move to Oregon for sure over the next few years. We have good climate pretty much. You know, we just had fires recently, which is the first time ever. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, Portland still seems to be very attractive compared to other metropolitans like California or, San, you know, wherever. Mm -hmm. The, is there, are, is there, because of what's been going on in downtown Portland, like, do you find those real estate prices impacted given the stigma around it right now? Is it actually a real feeling yes. that's happening? Absolutely. Absolutely. Home, I mean, we're getting one to zero showings on condos downtown right now. Wow. People just don't, you know, I mean, not, not this, unless this price really low, there's not a in, uh, demand as much or interest. Um, things are still moving, but very slow. I'd say average or median days on market in the downtown area is closer to 50 days plus 50, 60 days. Right. Wow. Which is, you know, that's long, long time. Are they, are they, are you seeing much price drops or are people just like, all right, we'll just put it in. No one wants to buy. We'll just keep it on the market. In, in the downtown area, in the more like uh, outer suburbs, um, we, we do still see some, but really um, most sellers are getting 99% of their asking price or higher. 
Interesting. I listed a uh, a 1973 or no 1978 ranch in Mount Tabor, uh, Southeast Portland. Uh, original, well, not original. 21 year owner, right? It's been mm. lightly remodeled. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, listed for 485, 1400 square feet, Spencer, and it went for it had seven offers, went for 525, 527, basically, um, and you know for a 1400 square foot house, you know, old. You know, wow, nice people, 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 and that was a cash sale. That was a cash sale, too. So, is a cash sale um, like, do you ever ask or know like where these buyers are coming from? Are they local? Are they from California? Are they from New York? Or you're just not sure? Mo mostly California is where we see the bigger numbers. I mean, in the last couple of weeks, we've had a lot of California buyers call us and they're buying, yeah, in the six to 800 range, which is in mm -hmm. our market kind of luxury. Yeah. And, um, but it's like, oh, that's really affordable for them. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Do you see a lot of, given the new changes, are those changes happening uh, next year? Is that when it's being enforced of the, like the zoning changes Depending or is it the already? Size of the city. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's, it, it already passed Oregon legislature was signed by the governor smaller cities uh it goes into effect this year in december larger okay. cities like portland beaverton where i live they have until the end of next year to formally oh. implement because they're waiting on again rule i mean every city right now is like well we don't want that we don't want to make every yeah. lot you know you can imagine Support, how big yeah. of a deal this is every and with elections too i'm on the PAC, the um realtor pack political action committee and so uh, it's been a hot topic to talk to everyone about what their position is on this. I think it's really interesting because Port, uh, not Portland per se. I mean, Portland is for sure, but Oregon in, in itself has been very uh, pro housing for a long time, right? I, I don't know if the I don't know if the Yimby movement came yes. from Portland or not, but uh, it's certainly a big driver because it I probably know did. it did. Yeah, yeah, because like here in in. California, we do have a lot more favorable ADU uh, processes, uh, and a lot of it is being derived from learning and seeing what's been going on in Portland. And I know we're far behind, quite frankly, of yeah. obviously the uh, what what Portland has been doing. Um, especially, the, I mean, that's a huge change. I mean, <laughs> allowing every home to be a uh, a quadplex yeah. is is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah. I mean, that I mean, right. that, that's, but you that's know, crazy, then it's yeah. a question of, uh, of, a for, of, yeah, then you flip it on the developer side. Well, what's profitable? What's going to make sense? Yeah. And you're not so people, be, of course. It's not guaranteed. Worried. Yeah. I get it. Like that does sound scary. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. You know, so how do you so, see the rest of the year um, play, play out? Well, um, Sorry, I'm charging my iPad so it doesn't die. No uh, yeah. I see it remaining basically the way it is. And I know that there are elections, of course, and things like that. People want to use as scary words. <laughs> mm -hmm. The reason, Spencer, I got I chose to get into real estate in the beginning, and this is for all those younger people. The reason I chose to get into real estate because I recognize no matter what, I need a roof over my head. Whether I'm paying for it, I'm renting it, I own it, or the government's paying for it, I'm going to need a roof, right? We don't want to be home, you know, houseless, I would say. And, um, you know, uh, historically, prices increase, right? We look at the, right. the conforming loan rate, that's ballooned, increased, right? Like 
so real estate attractive because of that and that's why the private sector is now getting so involved in our in our in our industry because they see how much money uh, is is there um but i expect this year to be strong i mean right now there's no solution to the supply if interest yeah. rates go up sure prices will come down a little bit but that doesn't solve supply either so those buyers who need to buy are just going to be stuck paying more and um you know, I think people, of course, are waiting for the pandemic, of course, to figure out what's happening to the economy and, and whatnot. But I think it's going to be really strong still. I don't foresee any slowdown, personally. And, and if there is, they say, like, I, I'm taking this from NAR and other places, but right, maybe April of next year is when we start seeing, start seeing some of these uh, defaults coming in, you know, as people are not able to get off of their forbearance program and kind of uh, reestablish themselves. Got it. Yeah. And then my last question is related to your current growth of where you see your own business and hey, company. Spencer, I'm sorry, I don't hear you. Can you hear me? Hello? Did you lose talking? me? I can't hear you. <laughs> I am, I am talking. <laughs> Can I move? Hello? No, everything's up. Shoot. Hello? Lost our sound? <laughs> this Wait is what if I you hear me. Okay, so you can hear me at least. Here, let me uh, take off my AirPods. Maybe that'll help. Yeah. Okay, talk now. Yeah, can you hear me? No. I Now my <laughs> AirPods are off. I cannot hear you. So I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. This is what happens on a live, uh, live show. For some reason, he yeah. lost me. You can't hear me, huh? That's a bummer. Well, <laughs> that is... You guys can hear me. You can chat with me, but um, I really appreciate this time. I've, I will say, Spencer, I want to end it for people. I can't hear again anything he's saying, but I've rec watched Spencer on. I mean, we've met through the Asian Real Estate Association, and I've been watching him all his work online and how much he puts out there. So I, I really appreciate being able to be on this channel today. And uh, uh, for anyone who has questions about Portland market, of course, like it's saying in the chat box, please. I'm happy to be a resource. I tell people, I talk people out of selling homes all the time, right? So, you know, like you can come with me for the honest opinion and answer about anything. And if I don't know it, I'll lead you to the person who does. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for making it to the very end of my podcast. If you are tired of renting in the Bay Area, are a homeowner looking to do a trade up for a bigger home or are a real estate investor, I would love to connect. Click on the Calendly link and let's set up a time to talk. It's never too early to talk about options and to work out a game plan. I also do have an email newsletter, so sign up on the link in the show notes, or you're welcome to watch all of my content on YouTube. See you at the next one.